Hello, lovely listeners. This is Alicia Yusuf from Future Frequency Astrology, and I'm here with my lovely pals, Cassandra Tyndall from CassandraTyndall.com and Kelly Surtees from Kelly'sAstrology.com. And we're here to do our weekly Water Trio podcast. This week, we're going to be looking at the week beginning Monday, the 17th of December, all the way through to Sunday, the 23rd of December. And there's quite a few interesting things happening in that week. Um, First off, we start that week with a few Uranus transits. Um, On Wednesday, we're going to have the moon conjunct Uranus. And then on Friday, we're going to have the sun trine Uranus. And the feeling for me is a need to be flexible, a need to go with the flow. Um, Really, you know, kind of got to give yourself some space and freedom and or allow others to have that space and freedom as well. And I feel like, I don't know how you girls feel about it, but I feel like that beginning, that moon there, it's almost like don't get personal with things. Um, If things have to change and it goes against what you wanted to do, then maybe let go of it a bit more um, and, and let it let things happen in their own way. Uranus has a bit of a shock tactic energy with it and bring that along with the emotions. It can mean that, you know, the ground's shifting underneath you and you're not quite sure where you're going to end up, but, but all will be well in the end. How are you guys feeling about those transits and what can happen? Well, many things. Um, <laughs> we always have that where we like speak over each other. So I was just double checking the date. I think it's the sun trying to run us is Thursday, Friday, and the moon Uranus might be Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, okay. Oh yeah, early need morning. To double check. Yeah. yeah. Double check our data. Um, I just, yeah, I feel like the sun trying to run us is Thursday in Canada yes. and the states, which is Friday morning in Australia. Yeah. Um, and I guess I see that a little bit as just kind of leading into everything that's happening that weekend, but also that feeling of like freedom. I mean, I remember that like, it's like the last full week of work before Christmas, before the holiday shutdown for you guys in Australia, it's like beach time. And there really is, you know, as a person who works for themselves, I love the week over Christmas because it's a week where you can kind of shut down. There's less email, there's less going on, less kind of requests or needs. It's it's like things get quiet. And so it sort of feels like it'll be a very busy end to that week. But on the other side of the chaos, maybe of the busyness is some freedom, which is always the the carrot that Uranus holds out for us. Mm. What about you, Cass? Uh, Yeah, when I think about Uranus... um... I'm a bit of a Metallica fan, so I hear the I hear the song "Frantic" from Metallica, and you know, it made me think about what you said, Kel, about the end of the like end of the working year for at least for us in Australia, and starting to wind up everything for Christmas. Things do get frantic, um, and you know, it's a trine, so I suppose it's a little bit more of a you know less uh, cataclytic or less friction inducing. But what I love that Uranus invites is to say no, to say no to what doesn't resonate with you. And that might ruffle some feathers, but it's ultimately quite liberating. So um, that Uranus thing might be a little bit about bucking some traditions or doing something that you want to do and going with the flow less with others. But that being sort of supportive or, or okay, um, yeah, that's my take anyhow. 
Yeah, I think that's a really great vibe. I mean, Uranus trine is often more exciting and stimulating than it is, as you said, like the cat, the the catalyst for the drama. It's not quite the crazy shock, but it can be more of a an exciting surprise or even a welcome surprise. Yeah, like that uh, kind of cool plot twist. Oh, we were going to do this, but now we're doing that and I'm okay with it or go with the flow with it. Um, it's yeah. fire, you know, so it is going to have that direction and that movement and that element of surprise. It's not trying to, you know, jam a, a peg in a square hole kind of aspect. It's got that fun and flow. Mm. I think your totally. rooster or your hens or whatever it is, Lee, she's qu- quite like this aspect too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, they're doing things in the wrong way down there. But I also, you know, what it reminded me as well is I'm seeing so much on social media and in conversations with people that people really are looking for change this year in how they do the festive season and the holiday season. I see so many people commenting on, you know, what what did I see a mem the other day saying, you know, I'm actually going to give you the gift of not going into debt to give me a gift um, by saying I don't want a present this year. That kind of stuff, you know, I see a lot of that and we've talked about that on previous episodes. So it is that breaking of tradition. It is that trying to find a new way to do things as well, but in a way that is supportive of everybody um, and and how they think. So there is that thing with Uranus is it, it just likes to break things apart and kind of destroy in a way. So if if we can use that energy in a focused way, in a constant conscious way of, you know, what don't you want? What do you want to destroy or break apart in your life? Uh, so it doesn't go and do it in things that you don't want it to happen with. Totally. And I think that's where the, the support, if you like, of it being a sun trine Uranus, you know, you might be thinking let's change the family tradition and someone else might be as well. And it's just needs someone to, you know, light the fire of actually initiating that or having that first conversation about mm. it. And because it's late fire, like it's late Sag, late Aries, the last few Decembers, we have actually had a sudden trine Uranus energy in mm. this week before mm. Christmas. So this is going to be the last one we have because next year we'll have Uranus in early Taurus. So it'll be sun in early Capricorn, trine Uranus in Taurus. So it'll be a bit of a different tone. Mm. So it feels like if there's a, maybe a change to your end of year rituals or routines that you've been wanting to make and you've been thinking about it the last few years, it could be a little bit of like a last, you know, last hurrah, like do it now or, you know, forever keep, hold your peace kind of thing. Um, whatever that saying at wedding, like speak now or forever hold your tongue mm. or say peace, whatever that phrase is. Um, yeah. And I think it's, it's probably just setting us up for the, the, the big full moon that's happening this week, which I think is definitely the, sort of one of the dominant or really significant energies. We've got a full moon at zero cancer. Um, I've got that coming through on Saturday the 22nd in Canada and the States mm. and Sunday the 23rd in Australia. So it's basically on the night of the Saturday night mm. and it's right at, it's at zero cancer. So it's right at the solstice. And I always think a solstice is a point about extremes. The solstice happens when the sun hits zero cancer or zero Capricorns. So we have two solstices a year. And this is, you know, either the high point or the low point of the sun's journey. So they're real turning points. And then to have a full moon there, it really highlights this polarization energy. And I think it makes it for a little bit more of an emotionally dramatic type of full moon. Mm. For sure. 
definitely going to be all about the feels, that new moon, that full moon. Yeah, and like right before, you know, celebrations Mm. and end of year stuff, which can have so much sort of drama or emotion for people, it just feels like we're going to have a lot of, we're going to need to express all the feels, like good, bad or ugly, basically. And And even though technically, Sorry, Sorry you go, Cass, you go. <laughs> Even though technically it's not an eclipse, because for it to be an eclipse, the lunation would have to occur within 18 degree of the nodes. It does have, or I guess it kind of offers uh, maybe a little bit of insight or a little bit of a window preview to what may happen on the eclipse. Uh, mm. I think it's January 6th. So it is kind of like maybe setting a little bit of a background theme or a tone to the eclipses that we'll experience in the uh, upcoming year. So it's got like that edgy feel to it, like uh, in the background, maybe not as, you know, uh, dialed right up to 10 or a full moon on steroids kind of thing, but it's got the that vibe, <laughs> I guess, to it. Yeah. Yeah. So it might be a little bit more intense, a little bit more dramatic, and as you said, Kel, polarizing because it's also really a solstice lunation but not quite an eclipse. So it is actually pretty potent. Mm. Yeah, I just find any time we have a full moon right on the solstice, like within 24 hours of the solstice itself, it tends to be more of one of those classically emotional kind of outbursty type full moons. And I also think we see some more severe or extreme weather events as well. Mm, Um, So, you know, big storms, high winds, more dramatic tides. Um, So there's a little bit of a a cautious energy there, uh, I guess, practically. But it does make me think about, you know, all the people that will be gathering with close friends or family that weekend in advance of, you know, the holiday season. And I know for us, like we've got a really close group of friends that we get together with here in our little town um, where we live in Orangeville. And uh, we had weeks ago, we had planned, we're all going to have like our friends get together, you know, for Christmas on that night. And of course, when you're scheduling with, you know, half a dozen people, you're not always able to say what's the best astrology for this. Let's you just lock it in. Um, but I really love that we're going to be in someone's home, having a home cooked meal mm. just with re- with people that you feel really safe. And they're not family, but they're like that soul family. Mm. You know how you can have some really good friends that you just feel yeah. really safe with? Yeah. The family you choose. it's a full moon in cancer. Yeah. Yeah, the family you choose. And so it's going to highlight belonging and connectedness and, and the people or the places that you get that feeling from. Yeah. Yeah. And what are your plans? You've, you're coming down to Brisbane that weekend, aren't you, Leish? Uh, I'm, oh, my God. Are you guys seeing each other? No. no we're trying to tee that up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're coming up here maybe before then. But no. Maybe, yeah. We're maybe coming I'll be doing down the Venus-Neptune the... thing for you. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. Uh, no, I'm coming down with Aliyah, taking her to her first music concert. But that's the Friday night. So right. I feel that's actually a really good venus trine neptune energy for yeah. that day. Um, to kind of take her to a music concert, um, show her artistry. So we're going to see Paul Kelly and Angus and Julia Stone um, at the Riverside Theatre there. So it'll be outdoor event. It'll be really lovely. But, yeah, no, I think that that full moon energy as well, it's interesting because the solstice, just for our listeners so they know, that's when the moon, the, the sun moves into Capricorn each year is, is right when that solstice point happens. So it's like suddenly the focus is taken off Sagittarius so much. We don't have that, you know, which the last month has been all about really or even longer ever since Jupiter moved in there. So there's less of that focus on that 
big, jubilant, rowing, optimistic energy and it's a bit more feet on the ground, you know, practicals. But then there's the emotional side as well. So it's like, okay, well, you know, which way am I going to swing and what am I going to do? Am I I'm going to go responsible and do my duty and go to all these family events, which is what I'll be doing. I've got my family coming up from Canberra and I'm really looking forward to seeing them. Um, but then that's against, you know, the emotional stuff. I, I can't wait to see them. And yet it's also going to be a very busy full time with all the grandkids. And I can imagine for my parents, it's going to be, um, yeah, <laughs> quite a lot of chaos with um, five grandkids and dogs and everything running around. So, yeah, I feel like it's like there is that boon that can come from the sun in Capricorn that can help us feel a little bit more pragmatic and, kind of have a realistic view on what our emotions are happening if we're in that place of overwhelm with those emotions. Yeah, totally. And uh, I think it's a good point you made there, Leash, around the solstice itself. And I've got the solstice happening at 5.22 p.m. on Friday the 21st in Canada and the States. That'll be 9.22 a.m. in Sydney on the 22nd, which I think is 8.22 a.m. for you guys in Brizzy. Vegas up in QLD, my home state. So I'm very (laughs) jealous of you guys, which I always am living. You know, they call Queensland the sunshine state, which basically sounds like heaven (laughs) to me. Yeah. You guys are sweating and I'm not. Um, But that the sun moving into Capricorn, it is the irony is that Mm. it is much more grounded. It's like long. I, I think you know, we always thinking about long-term goals. Everyone's talking about New Year's Mm -hmm. resolutions. And I think that's how we see a little bit of the sun in Capricorn energy come through. Um, And I love, but I always, sorry, go Cass. Yeah. It's so interesting we talk about this now because I was just writing an article last night and the premise around that was how we have all the Jupiter juicy joys in December and then Mm. – so, you know, January often hallmarks that new year, new me, I'm going to be this and I'm going to achieve that and blah, blah, blah. And it's not only the turning of the calendar year, it's also like that sort of uh, almost two months focus of Saturn. So the sun moves into Capricorn where it spends the first three weeks of January and then we've got um, the shift into Aquarius where it's there through the first three weeks or so of um February. So we've also got the not just the calendar shift, but the uh, the planetary focus shift with the sun moving from Jupiter into the uh, adjacent signs of Cap and Aquarius ruled by Saturn. But that actually starts on the solstice. So it's like, mm. you know, the majority of the present buying is done. The majority of the spending is done, maybe just a bit of that last minute food. All the preparations are done. And now it's like, okay, it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, it, it's got, I find it's a little bit more sobering at that time. You know, all the parties are over for the most part. And now it is that kind of family time. It's the legacies, it's the traditions, it's the past and it's the future. And that full moon is going to kind of just uh, amplify that as well on that solstice. Like the party's over. It's like now we're going to have the celebration and then we're moving, you know, preparing for the depths of winter like in the north um so yeah that's just uh interesting how we have that saturn going from jupiter to saturn Mm. yeah 
Totally. And then we get that, you know, heavy sort of Capricorn vibe. But at some point in the sun in Capricorn month, we do have this Cancer full moon, which just creates this real contrast of, you know, uh, connection to emotion or to family. Mm. And that's just happening at the very start of Capricorn season this year. Yeah. Yeah. And Capricorn could be also about all that drive and that work and that need to um, achieve and, and have goals and be successful. And yet we're stepping into holiday season. So in a way, that moon, that Cancerian energy kind of helps that shift happen. It's like connecting with family, connecting with our clan, the people we gather around us um, to really then be able to shift and make sure that the goals and the uh, intentions that we set for the year ahead have balance you know that they they bring both of that in that work life balance that you know so many of us are aiming to achieve um and how that can be possible one other thing as well as the glyphs that i love with jupiter and saturn jupiter is the curve of spirit above the cross of matter whereas Saturn is the cross of matter above the curve of spirit. And I feel like it's almost mm. like we've gone high and now we need to anchor it down low with the Saturn so that we can go up and go high again, if you know what I mean, especially when it comes through to the Aquarius. So, you know, Jupiter was that, that whole Sagittarius time was a time where we were really expanding and opening up our worldview and looking beyond things and maybe even connecting to higher things. And then that Saturn Capricorn time is a time to really anchor things down and go, okay, that's cool. I had all these ideas about how I can have more spirituality in my life or how I can be more broad-minded. How can I put that in my day-to-day -day life? How can I be more, more realistic about how I do it? So then when I next do it, I've got a strong foundation from which to come from. That's interesting, Lishi, because just uh, about four hours prior to the actual solstice taking place, we've got the Mercury-Jupiter conjunction in mm. Sag. So yes. it's almost like, you know, all these big picture details. Okay, how are we going to do this whole kind of flurry of, of you know, stuff and then, you know, do that anchor down? So do you girls have any thoughts on the Jupiter-Mercury um yeah, Mercury-Jupiter conjunction on the 22nd there. <laughs> so many thoughts. Which, which, which one shall we start with? I mean, this is the second Mercury-Jupiter conjunction in Sag. We had one, I think, sometime in November it's around the top the of my head. around the 27th, I think, 28th. Yeah. End of November, yeah. that's right, American Thanksgiving weekend. Um, where Mercury was retrograde in early Sag. And this is, but this is going to be the last. I checked that by the time Mercury gets back into Sag in 2019, it won't um, be speaking to Jupiter. So there is a real sense, I think. So December 21st, 22nd, we've got the solstice, the Mercury Jupiter conjunction, and then the full moon in Cancer. So it's a big weekend. Um, but with the Mercury Jupiter conjunction, I am excited about how we'll all be able to start giving voice mm. to some of the big plans or goals or adventures that Jupiter and Sag is kind of asking for us um, or asking of us. And I think for some of us, there's going to be an opportunity to clarify 
those conversations from late November or those planning discussions from late November that maybe didn't go where you'd hoped or you started the conversation then and then the balls just got dropped. And even though it's like right before the Christmas shutdown period, I think there's going to be a lot of planning and a lot of us are going to be looking at scheduling for 2019, planning travel or study for 2019, really getting clear and connected to like doing the the Mercury stuff, the logistics of how you're going to really explore the Jupiter and Sag cycle. So Mm. I always, I'm really excited about how that's going to help um, bring some clarity Mm. or bring it into kind of more of a tangible sense. Absolutely, Kel. I love that, what you said. And it's so, it just gave me the thought of like pruning the tree because (coughs) for me personally, I've had so many ideas and so many initiatives I'd really like to put in place with all this Jupiter and Sag energy. And yet I'm not going to be able to get it all done. I have to be realistic about it. So it's lovely that this energy is happening right as the sun's moved into Capricorn or moving in um, so that I can kind of use that realistic Capricorn to prune a few of my ideas off, maybe shape them a little bit smaller so I can feed energy into those ones that will really um, grow because if I'm doing too many things at once, my energy is just going to disperse. I can see that already. I've got, you know, a family and only, you know, chickens. (laughs) So there's only (laughs) so much. You've got fresh eggs, so that's great. That's true. Uh, But there's only so much I can do. And and I have to be realistic about that. And so that's what I do love about that Saturn energy. You know, it does bring realism to the picture. Um, Otherwise, we're just off shooting like, you know, a balloon that's just had the air let out of it. Um, off into the off into the clouds, and it, nothing will actually get done. Well, I do quite enjoy your optimism on this. Um, <laughs> I guess you know one thing that I can't help but take note of is um, while Jupiter, you know, joyful, generous, and all the good stuff, Mercury uh, not liking being in Sag too much. Um, it's also this conjunction takes place on the fixed star of Antares. So mm. even though like there's totally the giving voice to the plans, uh, clarifying conversations around late November, I can't help but totally um, bring into the picture that there could be that maybe combative um, or soapboxy conversation or this is what I want, this is what I'm going to get. Uh, particularly as this also flows on from the sun trine Uranus. So those conversations, while they're like really big picture and they are in of its essence quite positive and I, you know, like I love a bit of dupes as well, like we all do, but I think there might just be still um, a little bit of having to nut out things or having to... Um, fight a few little spot fires before we kind of can get on that same picture, that same vision or that same, you know, get the arrows shooting in the right direction, so to speak. So the Antares piece I think just might put a little bit of a spanner in the works potentially. Mm. Yeah, it's a good point, Cass. And I guess I'm a little torn. Like I know Mercury is in detriment in Sag, so it's kind of having to do big picture stuff rather than detailed planning. 
Um, but I'm also sitting with the idea that Mercury in Sag is ruled by Jupiter and Jupiter's in Sag. Mm. So there's sort of this like Mercury, I do feel with this conjunction, there's a huge brainstorming energy, like a big mental brain dump of like, you know, writing down every idea you've got for 2019 and then starting the synthesizing process where you're like okay we've got 25 ideas how are we going to kind of narrow our focus because i think that jupiter and sag is going to be really helpful for mercury um to a certain extent and then i think people there is that idea of people getting obsessed or really excessively passionate about their ideas with the antares influence and maybe and that will be the battle kill is that there's so much on the table and realizing that you can't do it all <clears throat> and yeah. then that the solstice shift and then that realization, oh, shite, maybe I've bit off more than I can chew or, you know, there's the element of overwhelm there or having to kind of like ground it all down somehow. Yeah. Totally. And you know when you, you know, if like I know for me, this is sort of how it usually works, is I have, uh, you know, my big brain dump, oh, my God, all my ideas, and then I kind of reflect on them over a few days. And just that mulling things over or letting the ideas marinate, it really helps me clarify, you know what, that's not that realistic or I've chatted to someone about this and that's not going to work the way I thought. So it's almost like, you know, you're going to have these ideas and – you know, I wouldn't rush out to be putting a lot of money behind them right away. Like they do need that little bit of time mm. to, you know, see which ones have legs, basically. Totally. Yeah, it'll be interesting yeah. to see how it all plays out. So what's that? Saturday, December 22. Mm. Um, and is it, what, the Friday night for you guys then, Kel, in the north? Yeah, yeah. it is. Okay. Yeah, Friday night. Um, yeah, 9 Sag. So there yeah, be- and it's on Saturday for you guys. Yeah, in the morning, uh, about 4.36 a.m. and 5.36 if you're in the southern states. So, yeah, that's going to be some kind of interesting pre-Christmas, pre-full moon, pre-solstice conversations. Yes, very thought-provoking. It's going to stir up a lot of stuff. Yeah, so if you've got um, and not necessarily bad stuff. No, no. Yeah. So if you've got anything at like nine Sag, nine Gemini, possibly even nine Pisces and Virgo, that's definitely going to be kind of big stuff there. So mm. interesting, yeah. Yeah. So check your charts. <laughs> and I dropped out there for a while, so I don't know if you've already said this, but um, that you know, one of the things that I you know, at being a Scorpio myself, one of the things I love about Antares is it is so driven and strategic. Um, so yes, it can it can force things out of the way for its own agenda and that's where it can cause trouble. But it you know, it's it's a raw power, it's a raw energy, so it can really be used to give a real, I don't know, a bit of a rocket lift to anything that you want to get done mm. as well. If, if you're feeling that there's resistance you need to push through. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that one of the big um, takeaways for our listeners that I really wanted to share with everyone is just how much energy is shifting and growing and reaching a peak at this weekend. Mm. And so, you know, we've talked a lot about the different specifics, but just to be aware that there is this kind of crescendo or swelling and shifting that's going on in the cosmos. So if you feel a little bit sensitive, if you feel a bit unsettled, if you feel a bit out of sorts, or you feel more tender and you're noticing that 
you're more affected by things like emotionally, that would all make sense mm. given how much is sort of being stirred and shaken yeah, up top. For sure. Like. Yeah. yeah totally. And there almost might be this kind of crashing thud post full moon, post solstice as that moon starts to wane. And it has that feel that, oh, the party's over or things have changed. You know, Sag is also hot gas and, you know, uh, elevation. And and then that's that that sort of, oh, it's almost like that thud. Okay, we've landed now. And what are we going to do after this post-adventure? So Could mm, just be a hangover. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, the credit card that, comes that through. That too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, it's yeah. going to be, oh uh, it's, you know, it's it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of really interesting when the astrological vibe also really aligns with what happens in the reality of real life. So mm. it's kind of, you know, Christmas does have a bit of a, in the holidays overall, does have that little bit of a, uh, extra astrological influence there so yeah we'll feel perhaps you know a little bit of I don't know maybe sadness or sobering type of element once the that energy shifts yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely absolutely and uh yeah I think that one of the big themes I think of people are look planning how to be proactive with the energy this weekend december 22nd and 23rd it's thinking about nurturing um nurturing the body nurturing the soul you know even if you do have a lot of stuff on with family or with other people make sure you take some time to really look after yourself yeah with all that cancer vibes you know pack the tissues and all of that yeah Yes. I'm Which I'll be doing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, yeah, big, big cancer full moon. So, yeah. And that might even be a night to go and sit on the beach, you know, or, or beside a lake or, you know, use that watery energy of cancer to just be with water um, and let the emotions flow. You know, it's something that I'm using with my counselling clients a lot is actually feeling the feelings, not trying to push them down, not trying to shove them out of the way. Sometimes we can be so involved in the mental chatter that we actually think we're processing the emotions and we're not. But if we can just sit with our body and feel the emotions in our body and just, I don't know, be, don't get involved in it, don't judge it, just be a bit forensic almost upon it, it often really helps shift whatever's there, if it's pain or it's hurt or grief um, or sometimes even joy, but joy that's over the top and and too much or, or even anxiety. Just giving yourself kind of 10, 20 minutes to really feel the feelings in your body, what they feel like, can really help process and move them on because at the end of the day we're just big processing machines and you know if we can shift the pain or or whatever's coming up away then we can allow new fresh things to come through Mm. totally totally so hold on to your tissues and give yourself some nurturing space i guess if you can yeah, tap into the past, a bit of comfort food perhaps. I always find when the energy of cancer is quite active, I guess me being the cancerian of this leg, I'll speak for us all, is that I really kind of like yes. to tap into um, 
those childhood meals that were really special mm. to me or anything like that. So for me, that's like spaghetti bolognese or fruit cake or lasagna and stuff like that. So, you know, maybe a little bit of inner child work or, you know, looking through old photos or, you know, connecting to the past in some way can be really quite cathartic yet healing uh, with the full moon too. Mm. Yeah, and Cass, speaking of this, like, have you made your fruitcake for this year yet? Oh, look, I've not. (laughs) (laughs) I have a very famous fruitcake and it is basically in Australia. It's so good. uh, We have a famous brand of rum here called Bundaberg Rum and pretty much a whole bottle goes into that. So you soak the fruit and then every week or two you open up the cake and then you tip more rum into it so it just helps to really like give that maturity and richness to the cake and by the time it's over and you have a sip or two as you go um it's nearly got a whole bottle of rum through it but really i've learned over the years if i haven't made it by sort of mid-october at the latest Mm. then it's um it doesn't get that that uh, maturity and that depth and that Oh, I, I'm really getting excited talking about it, even though I haven't made it. And I really did think, I really did consider, I really love this cake. I really enjoy sharing it with people. But the people in my world don't really dig this cake. So if anybody next year, Christmas 2019, oh, is hello. really loving that really beautiful traditional English fruit cake, and I'm talking, this is hardcore Aussie rum in there. It is the best. Um, just come to my place. I'll do the Cancerian cake thing with you guys next year, whether it's here in Brisbane, whether it's in some other place. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows where I'm going to be this time next year. So, yeah, well, just come to yeah, my place. Well, yeah, I, I was thinking of you because last Christmas I was in Australia and Jamie Oliver has this really amazing gluten-free Christmas mm. cake recipe. So it's got all the fruit. Um, it doesn't have too much crap in it, like for a gl- gluten-free cake, but you can actually do it like in a 24 to 48 hour period oh. because I know Cass, you always do it so early oh, yeah. and I'm never that organized. So I always <laughs> need like the overnight soak, the slow cook. Um, but I made it for my family last year and I didn't tell them it was gluten-free because not everyone in my family is and they loved it. Oh, my cool. dad was even like, this is fantastic. So I was yeah. very happy about that. Well, so I, mean, I feel like it's good to talk about recipes for a full moon in <laughs> podcast episode. And uh, yeah, so that and shortbread, you know, like I love shortbread. So um, yeah, I might be eating some of that stuff. Well, I, I might it. drop so off I to guess you it's some like- of our, because um, we always, we have a tradition just before Christmas where we make the mahmoul, the um Oh, Eid, I love it. The Arabic Eid cookies <laughs> yeah, yeah. that are stuffed with date and they're like a semolina shortbread um, outside. So we traditionally make a whole batch of those and then bag them up to give friends. So I might just have to oh. drop some off to you, Cass, and I'll, they're not gluten-free, well, Kel, so um, maybe I'll get Joseph to That's okay. To you guys enjoy them. When you come over next. <laughs> Actually, um, I have to double-check with my friend, but uh, – when we were down in Melbourne recently, he brought down some rumbles that his daughter, um, the cafe that his daughter makes, uh, that they make them at the cafe where she works at. And we're sitting around the table there in Melbourne um, post uh, the So Below event. And so he gives us these rumbles and they were amazing. So I might have to just be a bit of a cheat this year and buy from really good sources um, but, you know, my Christmas is actually very minimal this year. 
Um, I, there's no family involved. I know, so no cancer there, but um, I'm cool with that. Um, it's going to be a very different Christmas for me, so it will be very minimal and very, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Seafood, fruitcake, and alcohol, and I'm set, I'm sold. Just I'll be there. <laughs> You'll be happy. It's perfect Christmas. It's perfect. So um, this is like totally full mooning cancer. Yes. Like get out your traditional recipes, your comfort foods, your favorite eats for this time of year. I guess. Yeah. And you know, uh, if you are watching or listening to this podcast, tell us what your food is. We add to this recipe thing because it's all about the baking, right? Yeah. Oh my totally. gosh. Yes. Totally. Totally. So I made oysters kill Patrick last weekend, and I think I might try and put those on the menu sometime during this weekend. So, Ooh. yeah. Excellent. Mm, so, have you girls excellent. got any other things you want to bring in? Any other astrology other than recipes? <laughs> yeah, I feel like we've done a good job on the um, recipes, on the recipes, on the astrology. Um, we're already, the we're already there. We're 23rd of December, you know, we've all checked out. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. Oh my gosh. Um, not not for me. Okay. Anything coming up in this week for you girls? I guess not. Quietening down. Eating, drinking, and being um, merry. A, a week off. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's probably time to wrap up and wish everybody a wonderful Christmas week. We will be doing one more episode um, for Christmas. So keep tuned for that. If you do have any comments you'd like to put in, feel free to pop them on our YouTube or SoundCloud or even on our social media when we share it. Um, and make sure you subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud if you'd like to keep getting these every week. Thanks, girls. Thanks, Leishy. Thanks, Kel. Thanks, Leish. Nice to see you, Cass. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Bye.